She's here. Anna, <laughs> nice to see you. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Yes, fine, thanks for asking. I suspect you and I are probably going to agree on a lot uh, in the next half an hour. You'll probably just see me doing that, doing a lot Love of the nodding. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you could just uh, let our viewers and listeners know a little bit about you. What keeps you busy? So I'm I'm from the UK, but I'm actually living in Australia at the moment. I'm currently in Melbourne and I work for a media organisation called the Aussie Wire. Um, I'll be starting my show there in a few weeks time, which I'm very excited about. And a bit of my background, um, I've been involved in charity activism in the past, which is kind of how I segued into politics in the first place. Um, and now I do political commentary for several outlets and writing as well. That's great. I mean, first, a congratulations. That's a sweet move, isn't it, from the British climate to Australia? No regrets there, surely? Definitely not. And it's nice to have two summers as well, because we're right in the middle of our summer in Australia, which is winter in the UK, um, which was very disconcerting to me because I've already had a UK summer. And now I feel like I've just, you know, escaped all the winter. Now you're just making me angry. I'm going to have to move on very, very quickly. Well, I mean, I spend a lot of time banging the drum about sort of woke ideology and uh, sometimes it's termed progressive ideology. Far left, there's a lot of names for it, I suppose. It used to be, I suppose, political correctness, maybe. How would you define what woke is? I mean, it used to be a kind of term used to mean sort of socially aware, didn't it? Awake to injustices, things like that. It's become more of a pejorative in recent years, rightly so, in my opinion. But how would you describe what woke is? I think the the with describing what woke actually is it means you know it means different things to different people especially what your values are but I think a lot of institutions have actually captured that word for themselves um with how they're trying to take over many areas within society universities are a big one which we're getting into today um I think especially when as well um you've got a lot of these um you kind of I see this especially from the left as well um kind of left-wing institutions institutions and activists that are trying to virtue signal their way into displaying what a great person they are um, just because they feel a certain way which I think actually also leads to discriminating people with certain opinions when we're supposed to be a society that promotes free speech and has free conversations I think yeah for many people it's incredibly difficult and I think as well especially in the modern day society actually having the ability to speak your mind have free conversations conversations has almost been taken away because it now everything can pretty much cause offense to people now yeah that's a good answer yeah. and I suppose I mean from an institutional level in academia I mean I, I want to talk about the the sort of authorities and the hierarchy and how it's infected them but I think what fascinates me most is the actual students there seems to be an air of self-censorship amongst them or imposing speech codes banning books themselves without anyone else imposing it on them and for me I mean it's in contrast to when I was at university it was almost a an almost an embarrassing commitment to trying to be as edgy as possible and, and pushing boundaries to the to, to the point where it was you'd gone full circle uh, and now it seems like there's a lot of policing about what can be said what are the right opinions so so what's happening on the ground level then with young students where they're they're almost imposing this on themselves 
So I finished university this year um, after three years. And I felt like from from my experience as well, um, I definitely felt um, discrimination on campus for having um, right wing conservative values. Um, So, for example, at the time when universities were going on strike and classes were called on and then called off without any notice, um, I was questioning this on the group chat. I was talking to a couple of people about some of the class cancellations and this is a group chat for my uh, department which is for English and then one person on that chat which has got over a hundred people um looked me up and found out that I was like involved as the president of the university's conservative society put it on the chat and then I got spammed by these people saying you know oh you you know basically calling me a terrible person for being involved with the conservatives at the time and I think that just goes to show that if you have different opinions you you know there are people out there that are going to get you try and get you cancelled for having them and for me personally I was then nervous afterwards to go on campus because in case I get recognized and people try and come up to me I've also known friends as well who've also equally faced discrimination for having certain political opinions and I think especially in universities as well where they're now more pandering to sort of left-wing ideology um, you're seeing this a lot more where um, you know if you've got a certain opinion it's not necessarily encouraged on campus and they want you to uh, from what I've seen from what I've experienced what I've had from my friends as well that have gone through university it does feel very much like they want you to kind of learn and perpetuate this narrative going forward and I think especially as well when you've got university then trying to ban words as you had um, for example there was a university that banned the word trigger warning in case it might upset students so it's very it very much feels like that universities are trying to control our language as well whenever they can okay there's a lot to go out there so (laughs) i suppose i mean like just keeping on this kind of discrimination discriminatory kind of attitude towards people with right-wing or conservative views i i see that i'm i'm a man of the left i'm just center left hanging in there kind of and I, but i spend a lot of my time kicking the far left because one it's fun yeah. uh two they deserve it and, and three you've got to kind of clean clean your own house a little bit but i, I break bread a lot of the time with people who would be on the right side of, of the, the center you know conservatives as well people like that i seem to find that people on the right now are more willing to uphold the principles of free speech than the left which is massively mm-hmm. disappointing to me but what, what what's happened to the point where right wing really in the public consciousness sorry maybe maybe institutions in the media has come to be synonymous with evil or bad i've noticed that i mean if there's a protest a far left protest and it's reported in the news it's just referred to as a protest if there's a mildly pro-free speech or anti-illegal immigration protest in the uk it's referred to as far right in the press straight away so so what's going on there with them terms so I think for when you use extre- you know extreme terms like far left, far right, immediately that grabs attention. Um, when you're like scrolling on social media, looking at the news, if you see those kind of those words, and uh, I think for people it just grabs attention immediately. So I think that's why you've got a lot of media organisations, for example, kind of cap- capitalising off those words um, for engagement, for gay. And I think as well, with in terms of like having like right wing values, a lot of it is 
is associated with being this terrible evil person um actually a few weeks ago um i got a message out of the blue from someone i knew from years ago who just sent me this long paragraph that i hadn't spoken to for a very long time and she told me you need you know um i've looked you up on twitter i've seen your political you know i've seen where you stand politically and you should go to hell and she sent me this long paragraph about how terrible i am and uh, for having certain opinions and i think regardless whether you have left-wing values right-wing values what i think is that we should actually be encouraging people to come together and actually just have a sensible conversation you don't have to agree and i think that's what makes things so much more interesting and you get so much more done that way rather than just discriminating against someone or just suddenly making an opinion of their character making assumptions just because they have opinions that you don't like and you disagree with that's a good answer, isn't it? Like, I mean, in terms of judging people on their opinions, their behaviours, what their that what their principles are. I mean, just to bring it back to the UK, uh, where it's freezing, you'll be happy to know. Uh, the Conservative Party. Now, my very guardian savvy leftist friends will tell me the Tories are far right fascist party obviously which is, is is ludicrous for sure but then people on the right will tell me the tories are barely even conservative anymore yeah. so, so what is your perception of the current tory government in terms of where it falls on the political scale I've heard this as well. Um, people who've got left-wing values are saying that the conservatives um, are actually the conservatives are like far right, and then you've got the right wingers who are also saying, you know, the conservatives aren't conservative enough, which is something that I am sort of more lean towards myself. I think that what we've seen, especially over the last few years, is that the conservatives have made promises and just not kept them. And I think, especially coming out of the lockdowns as well and during the COVID pandemic, for many people, they completely lost trust over the Conservative Party and protecting the interests of the public and, ha you know, ha having their best interests at heart. I think for many people, after all of that, seeing the fallout and all the lies that came out from that, I think ever since people have been sceptical of the Conservative Party. And then we're now coming up to a general election. And I think that this will be reflected when it actually comes to the votes. I think people um, are fed up and they just don't trust that they have their best interests at heart anymore. That's a good answer. So, I mean, moving on to another pet political project of mine, which has consumed a lot of my time uh, over the last few years, and that's the uh, argument on gender, transgender rights specifically. And it seems to me like a lot of the um, the sort of trans right activism movement, the, the, the kooky stuff about, you know, sex being on a spectrum, the, you know, uh, trans women are women. That's just a, a statement of fact and there's no further questions to be had that seemed like a very fringe very online mentality a few years back and credit where credit's due to this movement they seem to have expanded at a rapid rate to where it's it's almost at every level now in terms of our institutions hr departments you know uh, media movies uh, politics and i'm just just getting your opinion on how important an issue of that that kind of subject matter will be at the next general election because I, I, I've been to a lot of like women's rights marches who are kind of uh, opposing a lot of the legislation in this area and I ask them who they're voting for next and they'll simply tell me a lot of them that they'll just vote for the person who can explain what a woman is which I think is quite charming but how big is this issue? 
So from where I am in Australia at the moment, in my local community, there was a bulletin posted of an LGBTQIA plus group for ages 12 to 25, oh. which I thought was quite a big, you know, age group to sort of host, <laughs> um, which by the local council's youth service. And all it said was, come and have fun, which I don't I don't personally know what that means in the context of a 12 to 25 year old group. Um, I think we're seeing this as well, just be taking over institutions in society. And I think for them, it's just to, again, kind of virtue signal, look, we care. This is what we're doing. Um, this is our this is our bit with no understanding of the issue and actually the harmful effects that it can have on children who are too young to understand these concepts. And I think a lot of it is being perpetuated on social media and TikTok as well with activists um, sort of taking that, um, you know, taking advantage of the fact that you've got very young children accessing those sites and can actually, you know, I've seen, for example, like tra um, transgender children um, educating other young children on like hormotherapy, you know, their transitional story. Um, one of my examples that I use as well is the Sacone Jolie family, where they were documenting their young child going from trying to you know, go through kind of gender affirming um, sort of therapy where he was transitioning from becoming a boy to a girl I, I believe about seven years old seven to eight years old uh, which I think is quite you know personally quite young to do things like that and I think that this is again something that we're seeing a lot more of and I think as well it's in the UK so Kelly J Keane she hosts Let Women Speak events once a month in London which actually gives women a platform to talk about these issues how it has an impact on their lives and a lot of it are, are you know a lot of the people going are just mothers um you know they have children that at school you know this gender ideology is perpetuated to them you know in PSHE lessons and they're constantly talking about it and I think for, uh, for you know, on their side, they are concerned, you know, for some of their children who are quite young and then they now start questioning their gender. Whereas before, I don't know if they necessarily would have been doing that. So um, I, there are people in, you know, doing the right thing, giving women a platform to speak up on these issues. But at the same time, it is a huge problem that it's getting increasingly worse across society as well. That's a good answer. Yeah, I've been to a number of the Kelly J. Keene Let Women Speak events, uh, reporting, uh, video reporting there. And what I find is whenever, I'm, whenever I ask uh, one of the women there to speak to me and tell me what they think, they'll openly tell me very matter-of-factly and calmly. Whenever I try and speak to the other side, who are the counter-protesters, they will stonewall me completely stonewall there's a good pun i mean i i, I don't know if you saw a while back there a clip of mine i think jk rowling retweeted it in manchester my home city it's a couple of masked trans activists uh surrounding the emeline pankhurst statue and wouldn't let anyone get to it and i wandered over to ask them if they'd fancy a chat and just absolutely nothing so mm. what What's going on in their mind? Because I'm trying to understand the mentality of it. I mean, do these do these individuals genuinely think they are stopping the next Holocaust in some way? Do they genuinely believe with all righteous indignation that they are kind of standing uh, in front of a massive atrocity? So actually in Australia, in Sydney, um, I, well, as part of one of my first assignments, I went to one of the trans activist protests um, just to find out a bit more about their mentality and why they were promoting what they were promoting. And I went Did up. Did you say mentality then? A mentality. I thought mentality. you said mentality. I thought, I thought that's the best. <laughs> 
pun I've heard on this subject, and I'm going that to steal would, it. I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you should. Yeah, you should have that. Yeah, mentality. <laughs> I went up to them and I asked why they were there. Um, I said, for example, that I was there for the Aussie Wire. Try to find a bit more about this protest, why they're there, and you know what's their, you know, what's their perspective on all of this, and one of the trans activists actually started speaking to me and you know we're having a conversation about it before um i'd started the interview all of them were in a forced way quite nice to me um but then as i was conducting that interview a couple of them were behind him looking up the aussie wire and then they were shouting at him to get off camera and then they all started like grouping up against me um basically you know just making an assumption yet again about my character my values my opinions and what I was there to do just because I started a conversation on trans rights and I think for these trans activists they're hosting a public event they're hosting a protest where they wanted to get their voice heard and in that I was trying to find out a bit more about why they were there give them a voice and they didn't want it when I gave them that opportunity just to have a sensible and polite conversation I think for them it's about promoting the ideology but they don't actually um they can't defend themselves if they're actually questioned or put under you know put under the spotlight about some of the values that they're promoting they don't want to have a conversation they just want to perpetuate it forward as much as they can so i mean i suppose we know how widespread and rampant this ideology is in the uk uh america for sure i've got no real handle on what's going on in australia what have you managed to gauge from your i suppose limited time there in terms of how far down the rabbit hole they are with woke ideologies are they are they uh is, do you think it's easier to save them at this point are they are they ahead or behind where you'd imagine the uk is well australia's a very big country and i think uh, so kind of the lifestyle everyone's a lot more relaxed for a start um so everyone's a lot more laid back in terms of like especially i feel like in the uk there is definitely a culture of, of a constant debate going on um the political scene that is very intense whereas australia especially with it being a, a much bigger country from what i've seen my experience it's a lot more dialed back but then quietly i have seen um kind of evidence where we're kind of woke ideology is again taking over these institutions universities for example that is one that is a major thing happening in australia at the moment i think for young people across the globe this is something that a lot of you know the younger generation are now experiencing because they're growing up with it basically shoved in their face when they go on their phone when they go to school when they go to university even at work now you can't escape it and I do wonder as well for the next generation of children who are going up in a world that is becoming more woke, how is that going to impact them in the future? And with some of the issues now that we're seeing, is that something that's only going to grow and become more of a conversation as we carry on? I think that this is something that we should, you know, it's definitely an issue that's growing and it's going to continue to keep doing that. Yeah. And a lot of people, I suppose, would look at this issue and say, uh, first of all, they'd look at the discourse on Twitter and say, well, that's not really representative of anyone. I mean, is it something like 16% of the UK are on Twitter? And that's kind of a small number. They would also say, if you obviously, if you put many of these questions to a democratic vote, the overwhelming majority of people would be able to conclusively tell you what a woman is and have some very yeah. strong opinions on transitioning young children, teaching pseudoscience in schools, things like that. However, these people seem to control our institutions. So how, how has it got to this point now where there's such a mismatch between the general... 
will of the people versus those that are in charge. Seems like a huge gulf. Yeah, especially as well, back on that uh, for a minute as well, when um, to define a woman, um, it will get you cancelled, which is just basic biology. This is something that I've never been able to understand. Um, you know, in the past, this was not something that we were having constant debate and conversation about. But if I was to say that a woman is an adult human female, uh, I would get cancelled by my, you know, some, some people that I know in my life, um, probably some workplaces as well and other institutions just because I stated basic biological facts which I think is absolutely ridiculous it's almost like in every area that institutions can they're just trying to control our language and I think that this is something that's only going to continue as well um, I think as well for you know the next generation how is this going to impact them what is the you know kind of as well when you're thinking about control of language um, what are they going to want to control next? How, what are we actually going to be allowed to say or not going to be allowed to say? Could we actually end up going to prison um, for state, you know, just stating some facts that we believe in, but then the mainstream might not? How did you navigate this at university then? So if you're in this stifling culture where your language is being policed, there's, there's kind of a social pressure to conform to certain, uh, you know, right on opinions. Obviously, you didn't do this. It has, it has caused you issues in a number of ways. But how did you manage to avoid not falling in line? How did you remain a, a sort of independent thinker in that environment? I think in terms of university it is incredibly difficult for me. I've always been um, very strong and close to my values, and they're unchanging. Um, for me, I'm very, you know I like to listen to lots of different opinions, so I'm as best informed as I can and can come up with my own conclusions. But I think with um, especially what I've seen at universities, um, it's that same um, sort of free channel of speech and actually debating different ideologies. We're just not seeing that as much now at universities, which are um, disproportionate, uh, like, uh, you know, um, statistics show that, you know, you know, the universities, the faculty staff are left leaning and that's kind of taking over the education side of universities as well. And I think for students, especially when you're coming into university for the first time, it is a very difficult situation to navigate, especially as you're, you know, try, you know, getting into grips with your course, you're sort of, you know, you're learning how to write from a school standard to actually university standard now. And you've got lecturers, you've got certain biases and opinions now actually marking your assessments as well. And I've I've heard stories as well where students have actually been penalized um, on their um, you know, on their essays, on their coursework for actually having opinions that disagree with the lecturer lecturer's own opinions as well so I think that this is something that is definitely taking over universities and I think what universities should actually be trying to do is giving a wide scope education like that like students are paying them to do and actually let students come to their own informed opinions and sort of, sort of, sort of conclusions of where they stand and where their values lie rather than universities trying to you know shove certain opinions down students throats that's a good answer. So, I mean, th this whole issue of diversity, uh, equity and inclusion, I suppose. I mean, is this for, I mean, the, on the face of it to most people, this will sound like a wonderful thing. Why wouldn't you want more diversity, equity and, and inclusion? Sure. Make sure everyone's got equal access to the opportunity or, you know, um, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, inclusion of, of all different backgrounds as well. I don't think anyone would kind of have an issue with that, except when you scratch the surface of what people are imposing there, it's not really them things that they're trying to push on us, is it? And I can't help but think there's a kind of underpinning self-hatred of the West that kind of yeah. permeates through this, uh, certainly in academia. I mean, how, how dangerous of a kind of mindset is that given you know, the wider implications of, you know, other cultures to, to have a really kind of self-loathing attitude to the West. So I think we, what we've seen with universities as well is that they've introduced a lot of um, race training into their uh, education as well to keep students informed, um, supposedly. So, for example, you've got the University of Cambridge and Oxford who that introduced unconscious bias and race workshops for freshers, educating them on white privilege and issues surrounding that as well. And we've seen other universities that have equally introduced similar kind of race training for students um to and also about white privilege and i think for as well with students coming in again to university for the first time uh, you're immediately lambasted with all of this kind of uh, you know, compulsory wor workshops and education and training and for students as well i i believe if i'm not incorrect um there is a disproportionate number of students um like for international students who are actually coming into university with lower grades than british students who are actually applying for the same universities um from recent statistics that came out and i think as well um this is something that's being constantly shoved down students' throats. And uh, it just it's woke virtue signaling again, just to prove what you know, how you know, how nice, how kind they are to all of their students, but it's not making any difference, I don't think. You're there to learn, and students should be getting what they're paying for, which I don't think they're necessarily getting value for money with you know what they're actually getting from when they finish their th three or four years at university. Yeah. And I suppose our experiences of the UK as well. I mean, it seems to me that racism still exists. I, I imagine it always will. Unfortunately, it just seems like a, a, a bug of human tribalism. But it seems like if you're going to plot progression in that area, it seems like the news is good. It seems like great progress has been made. And it felt to me like perhaps we was almost there at a good place. And we was at this kind of point where everyone sort of agreed that we shouldn't care about skin colour. And now it seems like the opposite yeah. lesson's been taught where it's really the only thing anyone should care about at all times. Now, how, how damaging is that to sort of race relations, in your opinion? Oh, massively. And I think this is sort of born from the Black Lives Matter movement um, that came out again for, um, during the pandemic as well. And with young people, you know, they're posting black boxes to, again, show, you know, I'm not racist. I've posted a black box, uh, which, again, is the massive virtue, biggest sort of virtue signal that I could possibly imagine. And I think after the Black Lives Movement, I think this is something that students are now becoming more and uh, more um, kind of aware of and kind of almost indoctrinated with actually from what they're seeing online and then universities are now to you know kind of you know delving into that with their students and you're seeing you know a, you know a lot of like black lives matter marches or black lives matter months for example now being celebrated in these institutions and yeah for street i, I think that this 
even like a few years ago before any of this came to place I don't think that this is necessarily a conversation that we were having as much and for you know now it's almost like um, it it's almost like after the Black Lives Matter movement came to the fray it's almost like racism is being more encouraged and we're more we're you know it's more like it, it feels from it from what I'm seeing that a lot of these activists are trying to cause segregation um from actually to, from talking about what they're uh, you know what they're promoting and they're kind of doing the opposite of what they're trying to stand up to do a good answer so i suppose in the last two minutes we've got i'll just ask you a lot of people would probably look at us talking about this and accuse us both of being you know culture war warriors just kind of stoking this whole thing and being part of the problem how do we how do we defend ourselves against accusations that we're just the yin to the yang of this you know the the woke movement I think that you need people to actually speak up against this because if you don't, then it's just going to go on and on without question, without anyone actually trying to stand up and say no, which is why I think it's incredibly important that people do speak up if they can. And I think for these institutions that are taking advantage of it, they should be held to account by free speech activists and people who are standing up against this. So I don't think it's necessarily about trying to cause a culture war. It's about standing up against what we're already seeing happening and do you have much hope for the next generation who are coming into this stifling environment do you think they there may be a, a fear that they'll fall in line or do you think there may be an attitude of uh, rebellion because of the stifling atmosphere I actually think that we we will probably start to see more rebellion because I think people are now starting to wake up and just see the madness and that you, you're seeing more and more of this and it's just getting completely ridiculous. I think I think what we will end up seeing is I hope as well, you know, a group of people that actually just stand up and say, you know, no, I'm not tolerating this, and that we actually see more widespread resilience against uh, you know institutions that are taking over our language and trying to control. Um, kind of what we're you know what we're seeing in our society great point to end on anna well it was lovely speaking to you uh i really enjoyed it it's flown by but enjoy your son i suppose i mean that from that <laughs> <I will. laughs> thank you lovely to speak to you all the best <laughs>